father's tent There you are You're running for your life You're a shooting star And all the years No one knows Just how hard you worked But now it shows In one shining moment It's all on the line One shining Hello everybody, this is Coach Captain Furtado. Welcome to episode 130 of the Championship Vision Podcast. Today we have Gannon Baker. Since two th- June 2001, Gannon Baker has been traveling all over the globe impacting the game of basketball via player training, coaching clinics, and coach mentorship. He's delivered knowledge filled with energy, passion, and love for basketball and people in 48 states. 47 countries, five continents, while reaching over 10,000 coaches and players a year. He's trained players from the professional level, NBA, WNBA, CBA, EuroLeague, and more, collegiate level, NCAA, National Junior College Association, and more, high school and middle school levels. He has held coaching clinics in front of over 20,000 coaches globally, and his Gannon Baker certification process has been earned by over 2,500 coaches worldwide. His coaching mentorship group has over 1,000 members and growing. That meet virtually every month to share knowledge as it relates to the game and impacting the generation of tomorrow. Players crave his knowledge and knowledge for getting them better. Coaches are searching for innovative on-court drills and various ways to recreate a relationship with their players, as well as the constant life-related lessons he delivers through his coaching clinics and private mentorship sessions. As a result, over the past several years, he has created a systematic online curriculum created to satisfy the needs of players, coaches, and parents for every level of play, starting at ground zero and guiding them along to the hopeful professional ranks. Although he still travels the world extensively, he now hosts players and coaches at his headquarters in Melbourne Beach, Florida, for private training and mentorship. Most recently, he opened a division of Gannon Baker Basketball in China, where he has partnered with Stronger Me, a basketball education company based in Beijing, China. Together, he has committed to educating coaches, trainers, and players in the emerging Chinese basketball market. I'm so excited to get Gannon on. Um, I consider him the best, the best of the best um, in basketball training. But not only that, he's just a just a master. Uh, motivator and inspire. I mean, he he's one of those that just through his language and his verbiage, he can really kind of get you going, get you fired up, get you ready to go. Um, so I think you're really going to be enthralled by this uh, wisdom and um, passion of Gannon Baker. Let's welcome Gannon. Hello, Gannon. How you doing? I'm doing great. Doing good, man. That's, that's wonderful, man. I appreciate you joining me on the podcast. Um, <clears throat> I always love getting inspired and so forth early in the morning, right? <laughs> Shoot, not early for me, man. I've been up since 630. That's right. That's right, man. Gannon Baker doesn't get up at, at 8 o'clock, man. He gets up 530 or 6, correct? <laughs> I, wish, <clears throat> I wish I could get up at 8. I got three kids now. Yeah. So they, get, they get me up and uh, – if I don't get up and do my personal self-development time, it's hard to 
get it in during the day with with distractions and uh and i'm not a night person man i, I go to bed around 9 nine thirty. okay sometimes 8 eight thirty. but um you know being a player uh in high school college you know you had to get up and get your extra workout in mamba style so all these young cats man think kobe uh was the one that invented 5 a.m workouts but uh you know kobe didn't didn't see my high school coach man <laughs> you know yeah, kobe it, uh kobe didn't see us old old guys growing up man i mean that, that that's uh the cavemen were doing that back in the day when they had to get up and chase dinosaurs man <laughs> hey gannon so, tell us about tell us about your journey uh, i always love hearing your story man it's so it's so impactful and it's it's it definitely tells why you're doing what you're doing now. You're so impactful on so many people, including coaches like myself. Kind of take us on a little journey of what, uh, how you grew up and um, how that became what you're doing right now. Yeah, you know, Kevin, I appreciate it, man. I, it, it, to me, it's just me, but people uh, seem to get something out of it. And uh, I think one of these days I'm going to write a book just to, if it can help one person. Sure. Because I, uh, I really believe that, um, and, and I didn't always believe this, but, you know, your story can change somebody's life in an hour. You know, somebody can can speak into your life um, verbally, non-verbally, physically, and your life changes forever. But you got to be in tune. You got to get your mind right and your soul right and, and everything. So <clears throat> I don't mind telling my story, man. It, it's uh, it, it's not the typical boy basketball and, and dream. I mean. I, you know, I grew up in middle-class America, but five minutes away was the hood. You know, I grew up in suburb, suburban America, but five minutes away was urban America. And I had the choice to play what all my friends called white, white people sports, which is swimming. I was great at baseball. I was very good at and soccer. I was very good at swimming. They said I could, you know, I, I had Olympic potential Olympic talent. So at the age of 13, I, I retired from all that to play basketball. And my dad said that, uh, well, if you want to play basketball the real way and you want to achieve all your goals, you know, you got to go to the hood. And I said, what's the hood? You got, is that something you put over your head? Or I didn't know. <laughs> and he said, let me right. show you. Let me show you, man. So he dropped me off at the boys club. And then there was a King Street rec center. <clears throat> so two places, one outdoors, one indoors. And uh, I was the only white dude there. And, man, I had never seen so many quick athletic players in my life. And I, I didn't, I didn't want to play. And so they, he dropped me off. And, and long story short, I went from cracker, white boy, honky, Larry Bird, to, man, shake and bake, Gannon Baker. That white boy can play. But it was a journey. You know, it was getting bullied, you know, sometimes physically, sometimes mentally, uh, emotionally. Um, learning how to solve problems, learning how to integrate myself to a different culture, learning how to play the game at a high level athletically, learning how to build relationships through basketball in different environments. Um, it was awesome. It was awesome. And uh, through that, I was able to uh, play and start on a state championship team my senior, uh, junior year. We won the state championship, beat Grant Hill's team. Uh, Runner-up my junior year. We made it all the way to the finals and lost by three. I was the only white dude on the team. I was the captain. I was the, uh, you know, 
the cracker captain, sometimes they call me, <laughs> you know I mean? Right, but, sure. you know, I, I wasn't sensitive to that. I mean, I, it's just, okay, at least they gave me attention, you know what I mean? And success is colorblind and gender-free. I still teach that to kids. It's what you bring, right? It's not your title. It's not what you're called. It's how you answer to it, you know what I mean? So I uh, went on to college, 31 D1 scholarships, which is a miracle when you're six foot. And if you want to throw race in there to be six foot and white, to play mid-major college basketball, you know, the odds are like 0.001%. And so I beat the odds. John Calipari sitting in my living room, man. It was amazing when he was at UMass. So uh, I ended up playing at Duquesne, uh, all-freshman team, only white dude on the team my first year. We ended up getting um, – coach ended up getting fired. So we didn't – we were 13 and 15. I had a good year, though. Uh, transferred to uh, UNC Wilmington. My parents could see me play almost every game. Uh, we had a good program. Uh, played there uh, two years, ended up starting, uh, getting the all Dean Ellers Leadership Award, which for the first time in my life, I'm like, man, maybe I can be a leader in life because I got this inaugural leadership award as a point guard for action on and off the court. My teammates looked up to me, you know, I had a light about me. Uh, wanted to play overseas, got hurt after the tryouts, uh, went into college coaching for five years, got a master's, coached Division One, Division Two. Learned a lot, didn't like it because I didn't get enough basketball on the court, probably 20% basketball. Uh, the rest was other stuff. Uh, ironically, taking some of my players when I retired, resigned from coaching to a pro workout, I jumped into workout, overseas workout, and I ended up getting three offers. <laughs> I mean, my players didn't get any. I got three. So I felt kind of bad, but it's like, man, that, that's kind of ironic. So I went to Iceland, played professionally. Uh, sure play their year uh that's when i kind of started training people on the side for extra money came back to the states had a torn tibial tendon eight months on the shelf you know couldn't do anything for eight months in a chair in a boot in a wheelchair you know through isolation right kevin um i developed creation so i kind of created this job of player development coach but do it as a independent business um nobody was doing it there was no internet. There was no websites. And if you did, you had to pay thirty, forty thousand, if that. But in the year 2000, 2001, I mean, go look, there was no, you know, online marketing. So everything was door to door, had a card, started training kids at the same boys club that I grew up trying to, you know, earn respect. And 80% of small businesses fail within six to seven months. This is my 20th year. I've been to 48 countries. So started building my curriculum, started to figure it out, spent summers at five star coaching and teaching. You know, it was a summer job for me in college. So I got reintroduced to five star and, and worked on my craft weeks at a time and started <laughs> traveling and started sure. uh, doing DVDs. And make a long story short, I've, I've trained world champions in the WNBA, NBA, had a good 15 year with Nike when they used to do all their skill academies and uh been to 48 countries five continents have an unbelievable curriculum now do mentoring still training players you know it's a great life but uh, i think god anointed me to do this and this was my purpose you know i tried playing again in 2002 uh two years into my business um never nuggets was having an open tryout so i sent my tapes out there had my agent you know connect with some people and i got into an open tryout for their summer league team I ended up making it all the way to the final cut and I broke my knuckle, shattered it. And they said, you know, I wasn't good enough to be put on injured reserve, but 
you could stay a, a week and watch us and, and how we develop our pros. And that's when I realized, man, you know, I could even train pros in this, in this industry. And now, you know, everybody and their mother's training pros and it's a saturated market. The good thing is people, kids and parents have opportunities to really work on their game. The bad news is it, you know, it, it's really hard to see who's genuine, who's a good teacher, who's beneficial to you and who's not. Yeah. I love your story. story. Yeah. I love it. Um, I tell you the one thing that, that always, you've always amazed me is, is your ability to communicate. Even when I first a long time ago, got your DVDs, um, you're a giver of passion is what I call um, okay. and, and you like can, that. you can definitely, uh, every time I listen to, listen to you, I learn something. Just like I was research, researching again, you had, you just have your language is so strong. Why is language so important in your teaching? Well, I'm a man of faith and, you know, the Bible says the world was created with a word and, um, my, you know, my parents were educators so I grew up in a culture of, you know, being taught that the tongue can bring power, it can bring life, it can bring death. A, a definition of a teacher uh, and a coach, and, and that's what my dad was, um, and that's what I am. Uh, one of your tools is, is language. I was a point guard, and I got, you know, I got my teammates to do what I wanted them to do, to follow directions from the coach because of words. So words bridge, um, you know, are like a bridge to success. You know, your thoughts become your words and your words become your actions. So I always thought it's just it, it's as powerful as my bicep. It's as powerful as my hands. Uh, if you don't think words are important, try listening to, to one of your favorite songs with no words. Try listening to and, and try to understand what you're watching, your favorite movie with no subtitles and, and no volume. You know, nothing great happens without a sound. Anything in life, you know, great things happen without a sound. When you're born, you know, you come out of your, 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 uh, your mom's womb um, with a sound. I mean, you cry. And, 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 and I know I have three kids. I made a sound when, when my kids came out of my <laughs> wife. I was like, whoa, that's not mine, is it? Oh my God, that sucks. What is the blood, Doc? Right. Clean the blood off. What's wrong? Yeah, snot and mess and the cone head. I mean, people say, oh, I have a beautiful baby. Not, not at first. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be real. So, you know, uh, I study the language. I try to, uh, you know, I had trouble speaking publicly uh, in elementary school and middle school and high school. I had trouble asking a girl out. I had trouble you know, talking on the court in front of my teammates. I, I had a reading comprehension problem. I stammered a little bit. Sometimes they would call me Pete for repeat because I would say something twice, man. So um, I had to work on it, and sometimes I had brain locks. And so I always took it that if, if your language is as great as a coach, you, you can help that kid uh, – win better and not lose if you have great language you have less losing i guess and the way you say it you got to impart and not just give information so i try to have creative conversation you know creative vocabulary saying words that are simple easy to understand that flow that rhyme and that are, are fun to hear you know one of my mentors kevin eastman is powerful he wrote a book on it 
you know, why the best of the best uh, 25 words that can help you be a champion. So words, um, again, as we said, beginning of this podcast, change your life. Yeah, so true. And I, I want to, uh, there's a lot of coaches that, that listen to our podcast because I have a lot of high school coaches on. One thing you mentioned is confidence as a coach, being an elite teacher. Uh, and another statement you said is greatness is consistency. Are there not, do you think coaches really practice on teaching the game? Uh, I'm not sure if that's true or not, because I think you are really an elite teacher. Talk about being an elite teacher. Well, I think, <clears throat> yes, I think coaches practice. The good ones do. I mean, absolutely. You know, there's a reason for success. And I don't care how much talent you have. You can't just say, oh, that guy won because of talent. I mean, it's hard to coach talent. You know, so you have to teach. I mean, think about one of the greatest teams ever assembled, let's just say in the NBA, right? Remember the, uh, Phil Jackson had Carl Malone, Gary Payton, Shaq, Kobe. Remember that team? Oh, man, and, for sure. And they – and then they lost in the first round. And, and you got, you know, the Fab Five. You got UNLV that, you know, they won. But it, it, it's hard to win a championship. So you have to teach. You have to take a player's mind and body to a place where it's never been. And then greatness is consistency. I got that from LeBron working him out one time after, after a workout. I said, man, what's greatness? He said consistency. I said, what do you mean? He said, once you figure it out, try to bring it every day. Try to bring it when you don't feel like it. Try to bring it when you do feel like it. Try to bring it when you – uh, you're against the, the biggest obstacle you've ever faced. But greatness, you know, sustainability says something. Now, I'm not talking about, you know, professors and, and they have, you know, that um, – uh, uh, oh, man, my mind went blank. What's that word uh, that professors have um, when you're, uh, you're working uh, at a school for so long and they give you ten- tenure? Tenure, tenure, I'm yes, talking, sir. I'm not, yeah, I'm not talking yeah. about that. There's a lot of old, crusty <laughs> – coaches and professors out there to have tenure yeah you know what i mean that you know judges that they're just going to stay up there till they die i'm not talking about that just because you have tenure doesn't make you great but you're in a position where if you don't produce you can get fired and you still keep bringing it and 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 so um you know what makes a great teacher is number one passion i mean you have to be able to uh infiltrate energy it has to be an infectious passion where the moment you step into the room, they feel you. They see your passion. They want to emulate that. They have no, uh, they have no room to slip because they'll be exposed. And they're somewhat competitive, so they want to just keep up with your passion. Uh, number two, uh, love for the player. Like you got to, you man, you you got to treat these players like they're your own son or daughter. And I'm not talking about being their buddy. You know, I'm, I'm talking about teaching them. I'm talking about tough love. You know, I'm not talking about abusing them, breaking their spirit. I'm talking about breaking their habits, you know, and, and empower their spirit, break their habits. Now, you can do that with discipline. You do it with accountability. You know, you can throw the ball at them hard. You know, you can uh, yell at them. But they have to understand how much you care, and, and, and they see that because of your passion. You know, they see that because of your uh, approach to the game, your approach to that workout. You show up early. You're, in, you're pushing through injury. You're pushing through tough, toughness in your life. You know, you're working hard. for. If somebody works hard for you, that's an unbelievable demonstration of love. So, you know, you, you, you have to love them. Why? Because, number three, they got to trust you. You know, it's not how, how much you know. It's how much you get them to do. 
So there's got to be a buy-in. And the, the ways that you, you get them to, to buy in is you work hard for them and then you teach them. Like you, and that's, that's the other thing a teacher has to have. Number four, you have to be competent, right? You got to be competent, man. You got to know your stuff. You got to own your stuff. There's many ways, Kevin, to teach the game. But what's your way? Now, I was talking on a podcast the other day. It's like, you know, Kevin Eastman, he reads two to four hours a day. Right. He gets all kind of information. That's great. So what are you going to take from Kevin Eastman? What are you going to take? You know, I, I don't read four hours a day, but, man, I'm going to put in a good hour and a half, maybe an hour. And that information, man, I'm, I'm going to apply it, right? It's application from your information. And so you got to be competent, and you got to really know your philosophy. When you have a philosophy, it, it, you got to teach it clearly, right? you got to teach it consistently. I mean, you can't change. You adjust. You adjust, but your non-negotiables, right? Your offensive, defensive core value team non-negotiable man like that's you can't change that but you do adjust and then you got to do it with charisma clear consistent charisma charisma is man are you fun are you teaching life too like two main jobs of a coach is got to teach life got to teach basketball right how to win in basketball how to win in life that's it and so every time you teach you go out there and you're not showing people how good you are it's not your show right they might they might be inspired by the way you teach they might love watching you teach but that's not why you do it right those are just byproducts of having passion and everything i mentioned you you're in that for the for the child man you're in that for the kid you know you want to help them win in basketball win in life because the emotions you want are just in peace you know and the only way you get true joy is You don't think you is another game to play. There's another day to get through. And so uh, that whole positive is something that, that you have met. I mean, I have a lot of information in seven, eight minutes. But <laughs> Yeah, I love it. I love it. Hey, uh, you spoke, we spoke yesterday, uh, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me yesterday. You talked a lot about do players have the desire to work and get better? And one of your sayings is reap what you sow. I love that. Because I, right now, I'm trying to motivate my kids to work out on their own because they have to now. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure you're trying to do the same with probably a lot of your clients. Uh, give, us, give us coaches some advice. I have a planned workout for my players, uh, but I can't go over there and I can't, you know, I can't be there with them. What do you recommend for players at this particular time? Well, okay, let's talk about this. You know, you got whether you're a team coach or you're a player development coach that you're responsible for players. You have to define what they need, to, you know, what part of their game they need to improve at. And so a player has four pillars in their game. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, disagree if you want, because we both can learn. And I don't, I don't know the importance. Some, some coaches say, well, this is important, this is important. I think they're all important. But let's just say, 
everybody works, you know, everybody knows, every coach knows, okay, physically you got to make that player better. So when you say what, what players should do, well, they should work on their physical game. And that's very general. There's many parts of the physical game. You have, right, their, you, right. have the, you have their fundamental skills, right? You have their flexibility and, and rehab and recovery, which is, you know, stretching and icing and, um, you know, hot tub and cold tub, right? We're talking about high school coaches. Yeah, high school coaches, uh, high school kids can get in a hot tub or get in a hot bath and get in a cold bath every day, right? We're talking about strength and conditioning, you know, anaerobic, aerobic, you know, uh, power, strength. And then you got the team, which you can't do the team right now. You can't do one-on-one, two-on-two. So let's take that out. So players should be doing something every week and even every day to work on their strength and conditioning, to work on their flexibility and recovery, and to work on their physical fundamentals. Well, how do you do that? You get a ball, and whatever skill that you want to improve on, you create that on the court. So if it's shooting, I don't have a passer. Spin the ball out when it hits the mm-hmm. ground. When it hit, wait till it hits the ground, then sprint out there. And if it hits the ground twice, you're not sprinting out there hard enough. So that's just an example of. I mean, I got videos that I could, you know, send people to to my website. But it, it's really, you ha- these players have to. I mean, obviously, as a coach, send them a PDF, spell it out for them, send them links of a, of a good individual workout. Obviously, I have tons of them. I'm doing one with uh, the NABC April 16th from 11 to 12. I can't wait, but I'm, I'm going live action, real time. Players, parents, here's what you do with, a, with no basket. Here's what you do right with the basket. I can do it with no notes. I can, you know, because I've been doing that since I was 10 years old. Sure. And that's how I, you know, gained. But as a coach, you got to do research and spell it out for them and send them a workout from Monday through Friday. And then another workout, I mean, if that's if that that's how, you know, serious you want to be, or you can let them figure it out and let them film themselves and send it to you. And then you can dissect the film. Well, you're not going hard enough or you're not uh, getting low enough. But like driving, I mean, get a chair out there. You know, how many times can you go around that chair, you know, 10 feet up, 10 feet back, 10 feet up, 10 feet back in a minute? And after the end of the minute, shoot two free throws. If you miss two free throws, you got to do ten push-ups. But you, but only with isolation can you have creation. These players need to just get away from their strings of their coach and their trainer and go out there and say, you know what? I like Damian Lillard's hook shot. Let me watch it on YouTube. Okay, he does it like this. I'm going to do ten hook shots driving right, ten hook shots driving left from the top of the key, and I'm going to go left wing, right slot, and I'm going to do the same thing. To me, it's, it's real easy, but these, these kids are so used to having people spoon-feed them that they have no uh, imagination. They have no uh, aptitude in creation. They have no innovation where they can kind of take a little bit of what the coach gives them and then go build their whole, their whole uh, you know, program. And then, then Kevin, you got the middle side. Are these players watching trends and traits of your offensive system this year? Are these players that deal with you know, confidence problems? Uh, stress problems, pressure problems, uh, uh, selfishness problems. Are you having them watch TED Talks? Are you having them watch interviews of, uh, say, a C.J. McCollum or a Steph Curry that talks about teamwork and selflessness? 
or you have them read books like a Phil Jackson's Eleven Rings or Sacred Hoops. It talks about, you know, togetherness and family and, and controlling emotions. Are you, do they even know what emotional IQ is? Like mentally, they have to, you know, read and research and study. Are you teaching them about meditation and, um, and uh, prayer? Do they sit by themselves, close their eyes and visualize their success? Like that's pretty. I mean, there's so much you can do. As a high oh, school no doubt. coach, that you know, I, yeah, have a, I, I have a PDF of about nine pages that we can send coaches if they email me, and that'll give them a, a lot of practical ideas. But basically, you got to you know hit their physical, mental, emotional uh, part of the game and have them do individual exercises. Yeah, I, I love that. And Gannon, don't you agree? I, I'll show I'll, I'll show us how old I am. I grew up in a driveway, and I grew up in the parks and so forth, and I. I, I would go home. I would watch. Uh, Paul Westfall was one of my favorite players. I, I'm yep. sure you remember Paul Westfall. Yep. Nice to go and emulate by myself, emulate in the front yard. Um, yep. I just don't know. How, I think kids are still doing that. But I think we're also trying to manufacture players these days rather than be creative. Do you think players are not creative enough? 100%. Um the players aren't creative. The ones we see on TV and, and the NBA and WNBA, they're creative, but that's why they got there. Um, and even the average ones at that level have to find a way to get creative and, and get tougher. So the, the reason for the non-creativeness is the phone, because you don't have to think, just press a button. Right. The creativeness that has come from players, you know, is, is the falseness that they've created is, is, is the, uh, the, the fake world that, that they've created because you can do that on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. Players, uh, you'll see players working out on their own because they film it and post it. But that, that workout's not real because it's not long enough, it's not right enough, it's not hard enough. Um, very, I, I got one kid that I can remember off the top of my head in the last 20 years that uh, I knew, I know works on his game or he used to work on his game. He's retired now. His name is Rodney Clark. He's a Nike All-American. He started out at Arkansas and then he transferred to Butler. He played a, a lot of uh, countries overseas. He was MVP in Australian league. The kid is 5'10". And, uh, you know, he would work out on his own so, so hard and so long that his feet would bleed. I mean, I, I've been to 48 countries. I still continue to see cultures. I never. I, I mean, never see walking to a gym. I never see kids working out on their own and going at game <laughs> speed. And if yeah. they are, if they are working out on their own, it's not. It's just they're shooting around. They're shooting around. They're burning calories. They're not even sweating. They're not like I'd never see it. And and uh, and obviously we knew we knew Kobe did that. Uh, we knew Maya Moore. I know Maya Moore has done that. But they, again, they're the elite. If you're an average player out there or an average coach, you got to you gotta get in those unseen hours. You know, you got to get in the hours of the dark to shine in the light. You know, you got to work on your game by yourself. I mean, Kevin, when I found out I was doing the, uh, the live NABC clinic next week, yesterday I went in my driveway and did two hours of the workout that I'm going to do. <laughs> and I still work out by myself because I'm 48 and I got to – you know, I got to keep in shape for what I do because Father Time is not gracious. I mean, he'll get you and he'll attack you, but I'm going to call his bluff. Um, I know he's undefeated, but I'm, 
that motivates me. So I still That's get right. out there and work out by myself and go as hard as I can without pulling the hamstring, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I'd love to help you get game results this season. Check out a free trial of my Pure Sweat training app on the Google Play and App Store today. Hello, this is Craig Reed, owner and CEO of Corny Board Aids. We specialize in providing coaching aids and equipment for the basketball coach. We are also home of the Corny Board, the original sideline coaching board. I want to recommend Championship Vision Podcast. It is a great way to get insights into what other great coaches and leaders do in their programs. Kevin Furtado brings a great tool to coaches with this podcast. Thanks, Coach Furtado. Right. So it's, uh, it, it's an enigma, man, but think about it. Two most common human emotions these kids face are, and we all face, are fear and laziness. Fear and laziness. It's, it, it's, it's hard to withstand pain every day. And it's hard to work out because you feel pain. Nobody wants to feel pain. And number two, with the fear in that is, well, what if I sacrifice and do all this and it doesn't work? Then I've wasted my time. You know, the regret of, man, I should have done something different, right? The time-stealer attitude, like, man, I wasted my time because I worked out, I sacrificed, and I didn't make it, I didn't do it. Like, that's um, that's real, so they got to overcome that. Yeah, that's a great point. The one thing I've always admired about all your uh, – and I have all your videos, by the way, and I absolutely love them, and I stole a lot of drills and techniques from you, is that every rep that you do is hard, and – that is something I, 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 w- I want you to continue on that because um, I really believe in that. Uh, but how can you ingrain that into players when they have a complete buy-in? How about buy-in? I mean, that's a, that's a great, great question. You, you got to know who you're coaching. You know what I mean? So you got to define the player. If you define the player and know and understand then you can you can uh, coach solutions, but if you don't understand a thing, you know you, you can't conquer a thing. And so there's three types of players that coaches have. You know, players that overestimate their talent, right? The elite ones are the players that think they're better than what they are. They're arrogant, right? They're uh, entitled. So what do you do with them? Well, you humble them. You show them what they can't do. And man, it, elite players, players that think they're good, and then they realize they're not. In my experience, man, they, you got them. Their motor is up. They hate failing. And so you challenge them. You see how they react to pain and failure. You get them to be hungry and humble, right? You ask them questions. You give them written tests. You ask them questions in practice. Hey, you got 30 seconds to answer answer this. Um, You know, where's the midline and why is it important? Where's the best place to post up and why? If the defense cuts you off, you got four decisions, what are they? If the the defense hard hedges on a ball screen or soft hedges, what do you do? Where are your solutions? Where are your reads? Like, and you get them to give you an answer within 10, 15 seconds right there on the court. Uh, you have them do a drill. Hey, you got to make five in a row from this spot. Go. Like, you know, you, you put pressure on them. That's how you handle those players. Yeah. Uh, th- then you got players that are, um, you know, underestimate their talent, right? You got players that don't believe in themselves. So you got to celebrate them. You go overboard with recognition, you go overboard with attention. You give them responsibility. You catch them doing something right, right? Um, um, and then um, you got players that have no clue what their strengths and weaknesses are. So you got to define them. And that, and that could be a combination of, of all players, right? So you got to define what those strengths and weaknesses are for them. 
Um, but, you know, solutions to lazy, the, the best way to get a player to work out hard is to model it yourself as a coach. You know, you can't physically, like, dunk the basketball if you're trying to get him to dunk hard, but, but your energy can be up, right? You can get to the gym early. You can be sweating with him in drills. You can be enthusiastic. You know, that's the best way to, to uh, find a solution for laziness is that you model it. And then the second best way uh, to um, combat laziness is conf- confrontation. If you want any resolution as a coach, you got to have confrontation. You can't be afraid of the unknown and you can't be afraid of being uncomfortable because it's uncomfortable to confront a player. Why? Because they can say F you. Well, how do you handle a player that says F you? You laugh at, okay, then educate. You come back at them. Just like the streets. On the streets, if they try to punk you, right, you come back at them. In, in the courts of, 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 of a debate, counsel goes back, you know, they object, right? Stephen A. Smith on their, you know, right, first take, you come back at them with words. And so when a player tries to disrespect me, I come back with them, okay, smarty pants, what's the right answer then? Right. You, you, can, you can say, man, but you're going to educate me. I mean, Amari Stoudemire said that a few times in our workout. He didn't agree with something, and he said, F me. I was like, all right, well, you educate me. Like, I came, you know, I didn't, I didn't stutter. I didn't, show ne- I didn't show negative emotion. My heart was beating a little bit because we're confronting here. I got an all-star that's telling me what I'm doing wrong. So, it was a, you know, at first it was a little self-doubt. But you got, you know, you got to have swag as a coach. And it's how you respond to players. And if you, if you know what you're teaching is the truth and you've prepared as a coach, then you go out there with swag and, and you're so confident. You have so much energy. You have so much moxie that they have no other choice but to – Listen to what you say, and work harder. And then if they don't, coaches, you gotta you gotta discipline them. You got you know give them three chances, or they leave practice. You punish them with playing time. You punish them with uh, you know not letting them play five on five in practice. You make them do suicides, but you hold them accountable. And uh, you know you have them take quote unquote take the punches. But um, and the last way to battle laziness is. Um, put a time and a score on a drill because the, you know, numbers don't lie and liars don't use numbers. I mean, the clock ain't going to lie. You got to run this sprint in eight seconds or you got to do 15 push-ups, and then you got to make four out of five in two minutes. Like just put, put a time and a score. NBA players love that. They get, they, WNBA players, they get bored because that's all they do is practice. And it's understood. So when, you, when you're training players that really work a lot or have seen a lot of been around, man, challenge them. Add music to your practices. Give external rewards. You know, my kids, uh, when, we, when we work out and do exercises, my three-, six-, and ten-year-old, they go a lot harder when you say, hey, winner gets an ice cream cone. <laughs> exactly right, yeah. You know, every time you make this shot, I'll give you a gummy bear. Man, they go harder. So, you know, <laughs> as a coach, man, I've said this many times, Kevin, you got to have a childlike heart but an adult mind. You know what I mean? These kids are, are, are really their their spirit. They played the game as a child, and you got to keep that spirit. So you reward them, right? But you don't disrespect the game, and you still got to have that those boundaries to uh, to win at basketball. Great question. Hey, uh, and I and I love I love your response and your wisdom. And I, I'm a K five P teacher, so I can relate because there you go. If you don't seriously, Gannon, if you don't show up with energy. 
man, you're, you're going to be in trouble. So I got to show up with energy every day and you got to have fun. You got to reward accomplishment and so forth. So I, I definitely believe in that. I think that has actually helped me with my job as a varsity coach as well, because I try to bring the same type of enthusiasm as a coach. The bottom line, Dan, you got to bring it every day, right? And you got to find creative ways to teach. 100%. And so, you know, I mentor a lot of coaches. Um, and we do we do a Zoom call, you know, now once a week with the pandemic. And coaches will ask me that. Hey, coach, man, I, I get it, you know, energy and, and create creativity. But, man, how do you do that? And it's a fair question, man, because I take it for granted because I really believe that was my gift. <laughs> yeah. I, that was my gift, man. Like God gave me a gift of positivity, enthusiasm, passion. You know, I mean, think about it, Kev, man. I don't know how old you are, but I've been playing this game, right, since I was eight. I've been addicted and dedicated to this game since I was 13. So, I mean, I'm 48, and I, I'm out there yesterday working out like I got a state championship tournament next. Like, it's it's, it's nuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, how, how, how the love of – I call it an agape love, right? It's an unconditional love. It's Greek word for meaning unconditional, that no matter what the game does to you, no matter what, good, bad, unfair, indifferent, you're never going to turn your back on it. You're never going to turn your back on it because that's the love you have. And it's not just the love of winning, you know, being popular, being famous. The game has changed my life. The game has sowed into me uh, emotionally and physically and financially and socially. And because of the game, I'm able to bridge a gap with people I don't even know that don't even speak my language. They have totally different uh, spiritual and religious philosophies on me, but yet they embrace me and they accept me and they listen to me. And, I, and they use some of the strategies that I'm teaching them to change their life. And it's real through what they say, through what they write in the testimonies. And the, one of the hardest things to do in business is to make a consistent program with educating. Like nobody wants to work out. Nobody wants to pay for education. It, it, it's hard. Basketball is a poor sport when you're trying to get people to pay for development. Basketball is an easy sport if you're, you know, having games and tournaments. And But to make a living off development basketball, it's a poor sport. It, man, it's a miracle. And so I give all credit to God. But my point is, as a coach, if you want to get more energy – Man, you got to self-check yourself on your sleep, <laughs> what you eat, what you drink. You should be drinking a gallon of water a day, and your pee-pee should be clear most of the day. You should get eight to nine hours. Coach, I got that, man. Take a nap then. But you got to get your physical body ready to bring energy. How, how, when you work out, do you, are you walking the park or are you running? When you're running, are you doing any sprints? Coach, I'm 55 years old. Man, I'm almost there too, and I'm still sprinting. So it's like, <laughs> you, you know, what you what you first think is abnormal in your mind, you can make it you can make it normal because there are seventy year olds out there running marathons. There, there are people that have come before us that have left footprints of success, so we can follow them. There are seventy five year olds, uh, men and women out there still playing basketball, right? There's people, Navy SEALs, that have lost legs that still go do triathlon. So don't tell me that you can't. Show me that you can. I'm not saying, like, 
go out and try to dunk at the age of 60. You got to be smart. But, you know, to me, if I eat right and I exercise right and I sleep right, there's my energy. Number two, how's your peace? How's, you know, self-check your thoughts, man. What are you watching? What are you reading? What are you saying? Are you gossiping? Are you complaining? Like, what kind of spirit do you have every day? How do you handle, how's your patience, man? How's your humbleness? How's your, do you, do you forgive people? How's your grace? Like all that, coach, you might say, coach, you're being religious. Okay, well then, how's your peace? You know what peace is? If you got peace, you got energy. You know what I mean? Because worrying drains you. Fact. Check it out. Depression has increased with our kids age 12 to 25 by almost 15% in the last 10 years. Mental depression, right? Depression will be the leading disease outside of uh, heart disease by next year in the United States. Depression. So it's real. It's a disease. And you fight that with mental and physical fight. You know what I mean? And so all of that, outside of my gift, I do. Therefore, energy and passion ain't a problem. But you got to work at it. You can't just, you know, think and complain. And you got to work at it. Like these coaches uh, that are out there that want to get better, these coaches that want to continue to win, they have to look in the mirror and say, whatever I'm asking my players to do, I got to do as well. You know, now I don't have to run 20 suicides like them, but metaphorically, like, I got to sweat. I got to buy in. I got to sacrifice. I got to humble myself and go. Like, one of, the, one of the biggest obstacles, man, I had when I first started my business is I couldn't, get, I couldn't get one high school coach to let me come in and train their team when I first started. Because there's still a spirit of arrogance right. and, <clears throat> and stuck-upness and my way and I don't need you. Like there's, and, 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 that, and that trickles to every level. There's so many coaches out there that – won't be open-minded about somebody uh, that brings it. Like, I bring it. Not not trying to be arrogant or cocky, but, man, I bring it. Do I know it all? No. But I guarantee I bring value, right? Track record. So if you got somebody like that that's going to work hard, that's going to bring it, has confidence, man, why wouldn't you let them come in and and, and be another voice and just echo what what, we're not trying to expose you, right? We're just trying to uh, help you. We're trying to ex- exclamation point what you're saying. But here's the deal, Kev. A guy like me will come in, and I'll expose to the team what the coach should be doing. And that, whether they want to admit it or not, that was a big problem when I first started is, man, I, 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 this is the way – this is how you should coach. And so coaches don't want to expose their players to what they should be because it's hard. It's hard to bring everything every day, right? It's hard to, 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 to work hard every day. You know, because there's a lot of pain in there. So, uh, and the same thing with NBA coaches, man. When I first started, I would go into NBA arenas because the guy hired me, and, man, I'd get the slider. I would get disrespected. I would get ostracized. And I'll never forget, man, in Phoenix, Steve Kerr came, put his arm around me and said, man, you're doing a good job. Don't worry about him. He's just making sure that, you know, Amari rolls on his pick and roll and not pops because that's in our system. But I understand what y'all are doing. And I was like, man, it, you know, that's he gets it, right? Yeah. yeah. But it's, uh, it, it's a spirit that coaches must fight because if they ever want to be successful, continue. They got to be hungry to learn and grow and humble, right? Understand that, you know what? Everybody has a chance to grow and everybody needs to grow and get better. That's the only way to joy. The only way you can get better is to grow. 
The only way you can you can have true joy, right, is to grow. That that that's that's the key. Yeah, and I uh, one thing I, I saw one of your videos on change, wisdom, and knowledge, and I. What I loved about it, and I think you were speaking in one of your sessions in China, and I would love to have you talk about what you learned teaching in China and so forth and the difference between uh, their culture and our culture as far as work ethic. But you said knowing and doing. I think a lot of people study, but they don't do, correct? Yeah, because it's easy to read a book, but it's, but it's harder to go out and live that book. Like, you can read all you want. Hey, man, you know, having two desserts, having a lot of sugar is not good for you. But damn, man, sugar tastes good. Sugar, you know, so my point is, easy to say, hard to do. That's China. Now, you got to understand, man, the spirit of China now is, I mean, slavery, communism. You know, to an extent, I mean, no, you just, so China basketball, back when it first started, they're just stuck in their ways. There's some things you're just not going to change. And if you look at China, they've never, you know, really uh, been successful in team basketball. Um, only a selected few have come over here in the NBA and WNBA and done well. They, but, Kevin, if they ever understood the right way to develop basketball players, man, they would be better than Europe, in my opinion. They would be better than Europe, and they would compete with us. But the main problem with China is their elite programs. It's funny. There's no in-between in China. The elite programs, like the national team programs, they have no recovery. They'll work, they'll work teams three weeks straight, four hours a day, no rest. And that is not, that's not a lot. Um, and the grassroots, <laughs> they don't practice enough. <laughs> You know, these coaches have kids once a week, and they ask me, why aren't my kids getting better? <laughs> because you're only practicing two hours a week, and then, you, you know, and then the competency, man. They, have, they don't, you know, they don't get the Internet we get. Everything is, is uh, sheltered. Right. It's, hard for them, it's hard for them to get information. So they're very hungry, very open-minded. Uh, I've learned because they ask, to me, some really obvious, like, you know, I might have – I might have a class of a hundred captain obviouses, you know, that, that travel, uh, that travel, uh, velocity commercial captain yeah, obvious. Yeah. Like they have, they, like every question is an obvious question to me. And at first I'm like, well, what are you talking about? This figure that, what are you talking about? I couldn't relate. And then I'm like, hold up, man, this is their culture. Like they really, so I had to be, you know, a hundred times more patient, a hundred times more tolerant, a hundred times more creative to teach a simple thing that for me, I, you know, and you, it's, it, it's, it's natural, but for them, you got to teach it. You got to spell it out. You got to create something systematic. And so it's so draining to teach a left-handed layup <laughs> and you get them to do a left-handed layup. Now they got to add a decision in that. If you don't shoot a left-handed layup, jump, stop, pivot, kick it out. Like something so simple to us. Like they just can't figure it out because they don't they've never had the culture of go play street ball, go play pickup, go play leagues. You know, it's really and, and in our trainer industry, all these Instagram trainers, oh my gosh. They they're they understand they can copy and paste. They can see a drill you do and go do it close to perfection, but there's no application in the game. 
And so you're as a coach, if you really want to help China basketball, and this and this goes with any program, everything you do on the court has to be game applicable, where it's an easy transition and synergy to the to the court and to your offensive and defensive system. Because uh, they have no concept of why you're doing it or when to do it. They can show you how eventually, and they can tell you what, but that that transference, man, that's that's the hardest thing in China. And it goes back to that lack of creativity again, right, Gan? I just think for basketball, I just think creativity is so important. Um, and it sounds like their culture is definitely preventing them from moving to that next level. Because I know they have a lot of kids that play, right? 500 million <laughs> registered in the wow. game. Wow. And that's, that's more than the population of the United States. <laughs> and, um, I mean, you know, that, that's, that's just the ones that are registered. There's probably another 200 million that aren't even registered. So, you know, uh, it's there. They, they love it. Um, you know, people ask me, why are you going over to China? Why don't you teach here? Well, I mean, I'd, I'd love for somebody to buy a whole year's, <laughs> you know, worth of my time. They, they bought a, a three years worth of my time. Nice. Yeah. So why, why wouldn't I go over there? I mean, that's the thing. It's like they, they don't take for granted the opportunities that many coaches over here provide, but over here, you know, it's so saturated and people are so sometimes arrogant that we don't need that. We don't need that. We can learn this off YouTube. And, you know, there's some value to a curriculum, you know, there's a value to a class that's professional, that's has certification, that has tests that, I mean, you know, it's a university, it's a coaching youth. Um, And, and China gets that part of it. But whether they go and, like you said, create, consistent, actually take the stuff from the class and apply it to their life, you know, that's the disconnect sometimes. And it's not a China thing. It's, it's, an, it's a global thing. Right. You know what I mean? So, Gannon, what do you think? I, my last question here is um, I want you – I would love to actually get uh, your two-hour workout you did yesterday. Man, that would be awesome to see Gannon getting after it in the driveway, man, that'd be a, that'd be a big time. Um, what do you recommend? Give me, give me a sample, maybe 30 minute workout. I know you can't go through all the details of it um, that you think would be a good workout to do. If somebody really wanted to work on their, um, their handles, uh, maybe finishing at the rim. Give me, give me a little sample of what somebody can do. And I want to compare it to what I'm doing with my kids a little bit. Give me a little Gil Gannon workout. So do you, do you have a basket or is this non-basket? They, they have a basket. Um, and most of the kids um, have the baskets at home. Well, I'm we're kind of fortunate out here. Um, so they have, a, they have a driveway. They have a basket. They have a ball. They have everything you need. Um, so no excuses. No excuses right now. Yeah, no, no excuse, man. Well, obviously warm up so you don't pull nothing. And then uh, always start out with some stationary dribbling. And then, um, so you would, but when you do that, I mean, do two moves inside out, cross over, but do that for a minute straight. 30 seconds left hand, 30 seconds right hand. <clears throat> no rest, right? No rest. Right. And when you, when you finish, only, only take 15 seconds to rest in between. Maybe you can do some form shots, right? And then go to your next drill. But you might do stationary for like eight minutes. And that might not seem a lot, but again, you're not resting a lot. You want to keep that heart rate up. It's called time under tension, right? Keep that, that heart under tension so it builds up into 
to your wind. And then do moving uh, dribbling, where now you're doing the same move, inside-out crossover, between the legs, between the legs, whatever, uh, jab step, uh, up and down the driveway. And so you do that 30 seconds right, you know, 30 seconds up, 30 seconds back. You have a stopwatch or, you know, Fitbit on your, on your, on your wrist. And then you go into finishing. And you can't work on it at all, but... You know. Hey, this is NBA skills coach Drew Hanlon of Pure Sweat Basketball, and I've been working hard to build an online basketball school to help players and coaches. I'd love for you to check it out at puresweatbasketball.com. Hello, my name is Rory Hamilton. I'm the head girls basketball coach at Norman North High School in Norman, Oklahoma. If you're looking for top-notch basketball coaching instruction and help, Look no further than the Championship Vision Podcast with Coach Kevin Furtado. You can listen about our five keys to success at Norman North Girls Basketball, along with many other podcasts at championshipvision.org, or listen on Spotify at Championship Vision. Happy hooping. You know, pick uh, pick one, uh, two moves and then a counter to that. So you got really four moves, a move and a counter, two moves. So it might be one foot one day, two foot the other day. But go make, you know, five of them going, uh, ten of them going right, ten of them going left. And you got to make, for your finishing, you got to make eight out of ten. Or you got you got 25 push-ups. And start in close, you know, do, do the ten in the lane, no dribble. Just go into your shot and then uh, go outside, whether it's off the catch with a pivot or off the dribble move, okay, driving to the rim. And then you work on your shot. And, you know, with your shot, you got, you want to go off the catch, off the bounce, off a cut, you know, so some kind of, uh, you know, working on your jump shot. So you might say, all right, I'm going to shoot 100, I'm going to shoot 50, you know, and I got to make 45 out of 50. So that's 10, 10 sets of five. And you might go, all right, one set's off the triple threat, jab, shoot, shot fake, jab, shoot. And the next set is I'm a shot fake, go right, shot fake, go left. And the next set might be off the bounce, I'm going to do a dribble move. And the next set might be I'm going to spin it out and then sprint to it like I'm cutting off a, you know, off a space cut, or I might put a chair down and sprint to that chair like I'm cutting, you know, for a shot. <clears throat> and then you finish with about two minutes straight, man, of jump rope. Right. And it, and if kids can't jump rope in high school, they're idiots. They're really sure. they're at the height of their seriously they're at the height of their stupidity. If they look at basketball, where where basketball, John Wood, is a game where you use your feet to get in a position to use your hands. And if you're not training your hands and your feet in your individual workouts, you're, you're, you're ignorant. And so jump roping was the secret to my success of getting a Division One scholarship as a six-foot, you know, semi-quick, not very quick player. And so you do your jump roping exercises. You can do it stationary, and then you do it on the move. And then uh, this is this is a Michael Jordan, Kevin. Michael Jordan, I got this from uh, – Tim Grover, who's a friend of mine, he's Michael Jordan's, was Michael Jordan's strength trainer. Never forgot this. You do this twice a week, no more than three times a week. Three minutes, okay, 100 push-ups. You got to do 100 push-ups in three minutes. <clears throat> and those push-ups are, you know, go all the way down, bend your elbows, chest to the floor, up, lock your elbows. Elbows in or out, it's up to mm-hmm. you. If you can't do them anymore, don't stop. Just go on your knees. Keep your back straight. Do them on your knees. Rest a little bit because you're going to have to. But uh, I, I can do 106. Nice. But I, I haven't – yeah, that, that was when I was really doing them consistently. Now, some, some, at some point this year I stopped doing them 
and then I tried to do them again and get it back into it, I got 70. So I'm just saying as, as a 40-something-year-old, right, 48, if I can do between 70 and 106 high school kids, that's, that's your measure. Right. Like you got to get at least 70. And, you'll, and, and so what happens is the stamina, that whole workout, you're working on your stamina as well. But you're getting in your dribble, your finish, and your game shots, your footwork, and your strength condition. Great. I mean, 30 minutes is too easy. You, you, that's, that's a six, do a 60 right, minutes. Right, right. 30, 30, 30 minutes. But I get it, right? I get it. People are busy. You can knock it out. 30 minutes is better than nothing. Do you believe? Do you believe that the workout should be uh, shorter and intense, or longer and intense? I mean, how how much intensity do you expect from your when you work out, guys? You expect them to go hard for sixty, uh, like really hard, like a Gannon Baker hard. Yeah, it just depends on the uh, the goal of the player. Like a lot of some players might be hurt. Some players uh, might want to work on technique. So your motor's not going to be as up. But if, if you want a full-fledged workout, like you're, you know, you're healthy, uh, your technique's fine, you know, like a Ray Allen, man. You know, Ray Allen, Kobe, Kevin Garnett, Maya Moore, right? You just want to get after it. Um, what I've always done and, and what I did as a player, man, you go hard for an hour 15, hour 20, you know, and then you – and then – you know, you got your stretching and you're done in 90 minutes, but it's, it's hard. Uh, really, after about, you know, 70 minutes, man, you're spent because you're sprinting to a spot. You're, you know, you're going from one drill to the next without, without a lot of uh, rest time. You get water anytime you want. I, I, I Absolutely. And then what I, I've seen is, is after they've gotten their hard lather, Amari would do this a lot. We'd go an hour 20, hour 15, get a water, take a break for about 10 minutes. And then, and then he just sits there at his spots for 45 minutes and just catch shoot where it's, you know, he's getting it off in game speed, getting it off in two seconds, but he's just standing in one spot, hands ready, feet ready, player ready, catch shoot, make 10, move to, you know, walk to the next spot. You know, I've seen Ray Allen do that. So, you know, that's the kind of intensity. Uh, but if you really want to get it in, I would say no more than, two hours, man, no more than an hour, 45, last 15 minutes stretch. I mean, anything longer than that, especially on the cement or hard yeah, surface, yeah. Uh, you're doing, too, you're, you're being like the Chinese. Right? <laughs> I mean, you're exactly. Just, you're just, and I tell them that, like I, I got in trouble because I told uh, a junior national team I worked out, y'all are working out too much because you're not, you don't, you can't bring the energy and the joy and the health to your workouts because you need to tell your boss, Y'all need at least two days off a week, at least one day off a week. And then after three months of work, you need two weeks off to go, go be a kid. And I got in trouble for that. You know, uh, they made me apologize to the boss. <laughs> and that was, I, I, I had to, boy, I had to really, uh, I, I, you know, that was a tough moment for me, but, um, you know, that's, uh, you, you're working out too much, man. Like, you know, uh, Coaches need to really monitor how much basketball these kids are getting. And now you even talk about load management. I mean, everybody's using that narrative now, and it's true. You know, even though these kids aren't going game speed all the time, they're playing all the time. And so the cumul- so the so the quantity of being on their feet affects them just as much as if they were going, you know, two hours hard every single day. 
the travel, the games, the practices, even though they're not going really, really hard at some of these things, it's just the quantity of them being on the court affects their bones, affects their joints, create tendonitis. And, and these kids, I don't think grassroots coaches do enough talking about recovery. Right. Like, you know, 13-year-old, my, my, my daughter's 10, almost 11. We make her ice her knees after she's been outside, whether it's playing softball, basketball. You know, uh, you got to take ice baths. You got to ice your knees. You got to heat up your joints. That's something that nobody told me about growing up. And part of my story was, Kevin, you know, from the time I played in high school to the time I finished playing in college, man, I had seven stress fractures and one broken leg. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I played through pain. I played through injury. I didn't have orthotics. I didn't recovery. Ice your knees. Take aspirin. Like that was it. There was no – we never stretched after practice. We never, you know, really stre- – we stretched before, but we never stretched after. We never ice baths. We never had orthotics. We never were told don't jump. Don't use the jump soles on, on cement. Like there wasn't a lot of education. No internet tell us what – you know, so um, – that, that, that's something I'm telling young people now, ACL prevention exercises, like all that, man, you know, we need to keep echoing that message to kids too. Yeah. But anyway, that's great, great workout. Man. <laughs> Absolutely. And I, I sure appreciate that. And I love how um, you were transparent with me. I mean, and you really shared, I really appreciate you coming on again. And you always, um, you always just inspired me, man. I'm future of the game. I'm always stealing your sayings, man. If you don't mind me doing that, um, but no, uh, it's, it's, uh, yeah, I really appreciate it's it. What it's for. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, give me one more yeah, thing. Give me are. one more thing you can help. One more Gannon Baker finishing quote, finishing statement that uh, you can leave us with. Ah, oh, put me on the spot. <laughs> uh, let me see if I can get this right because I. I said it, and I was like, man, that, that fired me up a little bit. Dur- during this pandemic, you got to be passionate and productive. I love it. Yep, during this pandemic, you got to be passionate and productive. And what that means is, obviously, everybody's down, not working. Fearful. People are wondering how. How am I going to fearful, vulnerable? How am I going to pay my bills? And um, So you got to be passionate, even though reality is showing you that, man, there's a pandemic. And if not, you are going to develop bad habits and take issues into normal life when this thing lifts. It's going to affect your 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 journey, your pathway, your career as a coach. You know, you're you're you're, you're human, but you got to be strong for your troops. You know, I got I got people all over the world when they tune into me. Like you said, uh, they want to be fired up. They don't want to hear me down, and they don't want to hear me complaining. And you know, it doesn't does me no good. Um, not not giving life and, and solutions and real. You know, I mean, my business depends on it. So if I'm not giving value, I'm not eating. I don't have a job. And um, and so during this pandemic, if you're passionate, now you can be productive. And that doesn't always mean your coach. That means uh, in your coaching, that means your personal life. 
Like, I'm really excited and, and, and have enjoyed my 24-24. And that's 24 hours a day, 24 days in a row with my kids. Sure. <laughs> you know, but I've, enjo- I've enjoyed that. My wife and I have fell in love again. <laughs> uh, my kids and I have, have grown. We, we've done new projects. I've noticed some little things that before I didn't because I was stuck into my travel and, you know, the daily business of life. And here's the ironic thing, Kevin, and I mean this from my heart. I've, I, I've been more active and busy, so to speak, during this stay-at-home process than I've ever have been. I mean, I thought I would have all this free time just to sit and, nah, man, like from the moment I get up, I better get in my self-development because I got my kids with me all day long. And so when I'm with them all day long, I'm not, I'm not going to put them in the toy room. Hey, play by yourself. Daddy's going to be on the, you know, over here for four hours doing whatever. So like during the day, like I'm all in, man. And my wife's at home. And so it's like, you know what? I, I, you know, last year, this time I was on the road. I'm on the road five and a half months out the year, which is great because I can be home six and a half months out the year. But I have really personally grown and enjoyed this and productive. I've gotten stuff around the house done, man. It's incredible. I've, I've landscaped a little bit, power washed, planted stuff. <laughs> and I, I never, I never do that. I always hire people out to do it, but I've learned that, you know what, find some joy in the little things in life. And then professionally, man, we, we've created an online uh, business now. Like we're starting up, people are signing up for one-on-one online mentoring uh curriculum you know we've added stuff to our curriculum we have a new technology uh company that has built us a platform to where coaches can do what kobe kind of did with detail on espn you know film breakdown film watching in real time send it to the player with voiceovers and edits they they add to it send it back to you so you know you can watch film with your players like you would sitting on in the office but do it from a distance and we have uh, we have that we're playing with and making better. So, <clears throat> you know, the only difference to, to me is, you know, I can't travel and, 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 and bring value, but I have it here. And that's that's the goodness of God. And that's what God can do is just, you know, during sorrow, Kev, you know, he can bring your greatest joy, man. You know, during chaos, he can bring you calmness, you know, during pandemics, he can bring you peace. And that's uh that's real, man. And that, that's my final message for coaches is like, man, this could be the greatest time in your life. Just change your perspective a little bit. Yeah, just change, <clears throat> changing your mindset a little bit, right, Gannon? I mean, just <clears throat> focusing on what, focusing Amen. on the blessings that you have. That's what it sounds like to me. Amen. Amen, man. It's a great life. And, and, uh, and it has nothing to do with how big your house is or how big your bank account is. I've always said this. It's, Doing what you love right. every day, spending spending time with who you love, and really focusing on the people that love you. You know, every, everybody else, it, it, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, yes, you give them your time, you give them your value, but you know, your your core, your heart, your soul. You know, who do you love, man? I love my players. Well, focus on them, man. I really love my job. Well, focus on that, man. I really love my family. Well, focus on that. You know, to me, it's all the above, right? My my. My job and, and my family's integrated, right? We, we have a beautiful thing. I love my job. It's important. I love my family. It's important, right? So I try to, to try to balance it all together, and, and, I, and I put it all together. 
So, you know, maybe people need to, uh, maybe this was a reason for this, is that God said, you know what, this, this disease is divine, so you guys need to sit still and, and realize what's important to you. So it's all perspective and mindset, like you said. Yeah, I, I love that. Um, yeah, and what, if somebody want to get a hold of you, I know your website is awesome, man. I know you got a lot of great, you have Thank a you. lot of great um, things coming up. You have a lot of great um, programs for coaches and players. How can, tell, talk about your website and then how can we get a hold of you, whether that's email or social media? Yeah, Cal, I appreciate it, man. There's a lot of great coaches and, and uh, people out there you can learn from. And, and I, I'm honored and humbled that people would learn from me. So, you know, if you Google me, Gannon Baker, everything comes up. I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Uh, my website uh, is pretty informational, G-A-N-O-N-B-A-K-E-R, basketball.com, GannonBakerBasketball.com. We have you know, video curriculum that teaches holistic leadership, that teaches, you know, physical skill development. And we have uh, free mentorship you can get on or if you have, you know, on a paid member uh, mentorship, we have that. We have it all if you're willing to uh, put in your time, man. You know, we can give you value. So I appreciate it. Yeah, I recommend all the coaches, man. You got you, you to gotta get a piece of Gannon every day, man. The guy really inspires me. I know that. Yeah, and thank you so much, man. I appreciate it. And I'm going to be uh, tuning in on April 16th. I think that's going to be a great event. Yeah, thank you, man. It's uh, information will be on, um, you know, my social feeds, but it's the NABC Virtual okay. Clinics. And they got Sherry, Sherry Cole, Matt Painter, Bobby Hurley. Scene. They got a whole bunch nice. of speakers. Yeah. Uh, they, they say like 6,000 people have uh, signed up for it. So... Uh, you can get on a network and chat room with all those coaches. It's through Zoom. And basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to get on at 11 and go through a workout live time in my driveway, whether you have a goal or sweet. not. There'll be drills. for. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. I'm, I'm training for it now. So um, make sure that I'm not too windy. <laughs> and then at the end of the workout, I'm going to give uh, parents and, and coaches like five yeah. questions to stretch their brain a little bit to show them how they can, you know, test their – their kids uh, mentally on the game. For example, when you drive baseline, where are your three teammates? You know, when the defense cuts you off, what are your four reads, right? Where's the best place to post up and why? Like just, you know, uh, basketball questions that they need to define in order to play basketball. I think as coaches, sometimes we don't really uh, define and, and spell out the goal of basketball. What's the, meaning of offense what's our goal on defense and so it it, it should really be approached like a like a classroom like a subject and so at the end you know we're going to have a little chalk talk and question and answer on you know the fundamentals just five questions but really you could come up with 50 and that's something too that that coaches can use in their toolbox to to get that learning curve a little bit higher yeah, I love it. I love it. Gannon, thanks again, my friend. I appreciate it. And I wish you guys the best. And uh, go take care of your family a little bit. Enjoy your time right now with your family. So I appreciate yeah, everything you're doing. Beach, Kev, so. Watch out. Nice. Watch out. <laughs> hey, thank you, Kev. It's been an honor, man. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Gannon. Yeah. Take care now. Thank you. 
Huddle is the preferred video and analytics platform for over 6 million users and 150,000 teams worldwide. Huddle offers a complete performance platform, including the most powerful and flexible tools for video analysis with online tools, mobile and desktop apps, smart cameras, analysts, and more. For more information on Huddle, check out hudl.com or at Huddle on Twitter and Instagram. Hey coaches, this is Brad Hillegas, content producer at Huddle for the NBA, NCAA Division I, and high school basketball. I'm a big fan of Coach Furtado's podcast, Championship Vision, because it connects coaches around the country that want to continue learning and growing our beloved game. The X's and O's, coaching philosophy, teaching principles, they're all here. And that's a mission that we're working on at Huddle as well. More than 160,000 teams, including the best in the world, use Huddle to elevate their performance with video. But our collection of online tools is much more than that. Mobile desktop apps, smart cameras, video editing, data analytics software, the list goes on. But our goal is to help coaches like you teach the game in a modern way, whether that's connecting with your athletes, communicating your game plan, or looking to gain a competitive edge. If you want to see how Huddle can help your program, visit Huddle.com. That's H-U-D-L.com to learn more. And of course, keep listening to the Championship Vision podcast to never stop learning.